Part One, Chapter One of En Route by Jory Karl Heismans, translated by Charles Keegan Paul. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. During the first week in November, the week within the octave of All Souls, Durtal entered Saint Sulpice at eight o'clock in the evening. He often chose to turn into that church because there was a trained choir and because he could there examine himself at peace apart from the crowd the ugliness of the nave with its heavy vaulting vanished at night the aisles were often empty it was ill-lighted by a few lamps it was possible for a man to chide his soul in secret as if at home durtal sat down behind the high altar on the left in the aisle along the rue de saint sulpice the lamps of the choir organ were lighted far off in the almost empty nave an ecclesiastic was preaching he recognized by the unctuousness of his delivery and his oily accent a well-fed priest who poured on his audience according to his wont his best-known commonplaces why are they so devoid of eloquence thought durtal i have had the curiosity to listen to many of them and they are much the same they only vary in the tones of their voice according to their temperament some are bruised down in vinegar others steeped in oil there is no such thing as a clever combination and he called to mind orators petted like tenors montsabre didon those coquelins of the church and lower yet than those products of the catholic training school that bellicose booby the abbe d'ulst afterwards he continued come the mediocrities each puffed by the handful of devotees who listened to them if those cooks of the soul had any skill if they served their clients with delicate meats theological essences gravies of prayer concentrated sources of ideas they would vegetate misunderstood by their flocks so on the whole it is all for the best the low watermark of the clergy must conform to the level of the faithful and indeed providence has provided carefully for this the stamping of shoes then the movement of chairs grinding on the flags interrupted him the sermon was over then a great stillness was broken by a prelude from the organ which dropped to a low tone a mere accompaniment to the voices a slow and mournful chant arose the de profundis the blended voices sounded under the arches intermingling with the somewhat raw sounds of the harmonicas like the sharp tones of breaking glass resting on the low accompaniment of the organ aided by basses so hollow that they seemed to have descended into themselves as it were underground they sprang out chanting the verse de profundis ad teclamavi do and then stopped in fatigue letting the last syllables mine fall like a heavy tear then these voices of children near breaking took up the second verse of the psalm domine ex audi vocem meam and the second half of the last word again remained in suspense but instead of separating and falling to the ground there to be crushed out like a drop it seemed to gather itself together with a supreme effort and fling to heaven the anguished cry of the disincarnate soul cast naked and in tears before god and after a pause the organ aided by two double basses bellowed out carrying all the voices in its torrent baritones tenors basses not now serving only as sheaths to the sharp blades of the urchin voices but openly with full-throated sound yet the dash of the little soprani pierced them through all at once like a crystal arrow then a fresh pause and in the silence of the church the verses mourned out anew thrown up by the organ as by a springboard 
as he listened with attention endeavouring to resolve the sounds closing his eyes durtal saw them at first almost horizontal then rising little by little then raising themselves upright then quivering in tears before their final breaking suddenly at the end of the psalm when the response of the antiphon came et lux perpetua luceat eis the children's voices broke into a sad silken cry a sharp sob trembling on the word eis which remained suspended in the void these children's voices stretched to breaking these clear sharp voices threw into the darkness of the chant some whiteness of the dawn joining their pure soft sounds to the resonant tones of the basses piercing as with a jet of living silver the sombre cataract of the deeper singers they sharpened the wailing strengthened and embittered the burning salt of tears but they insinuated also a sort of protecting caress balsamic freshness lustral help they lighted in the darkness those brief gleams which tinkle in the angelus at dawn of day they called up anticipating the prophecies of the text the compassionate image of the virgin passing in the pale light of their tones into the darkness of that sequence the de profundis so chanted was incomparably beautiful that sublime prayer ending in sobs at the moment when the soul of the voices was about to overpass human limits gave a wrench to durtal's nerves and made his heart beat then he wished to abstract himself and cling especially to the meaning of that sorrowful plaint in which the fallen being calls upon its god with groans and lamentations those cries of the third verse came back to him wherein calling on his saviour in despair from the bottom of the abyss man now that he knows he is heard hesitates ashamed knowing not what to say the excuses he has prepared appear to him vain the arguments he has arranged seem to him of no effect and he stammers forth if thou o lord shalt observe iniquities lord who shall endure it it is a pity said durtal to himself that this psalm which in its first verses chants so magnificently the despair of humanity becomes in those which follow more personal to king david i know well he went on that we must accept the symbolic sense of this pleading admit that the despot confounds his own cause with that of god that his adversaries are the unbelievers and the wicked that he himself according to the doctors of the church prefigures the person of christ but yet the memory of his fleshly desires and the presumptuous praise he gives to his incorrigible people contracts the scope of the poem happily the melody has a life apart from the text a life of its own not arising out of mere tribal dissensions but extending to all the earth chanting the anguish of the time to be born as well as of the present day and of the ages which are no more the de profundus had ceased after a silence the choir intoned a motet of the eighteenth century but durtal was only moderately interested in human music in churches what seemed to him superior to the most vaunted works of theatrical or worldly music was the old plain chant that even and naked melody at once ethereal and of the tomb the solemn cry of sadness and lofty shout of joy those grandiose hymns of human faith which seem to well up in the cathedrals like irresistible geysers at the very foot of the romanesque columns what music however ample sorrowful or tender is worth the de profundis chanted in unison the solemnity of the magnificat the splendid warmth of the lauda sion the enthusiasm of the salve regina the sorrow of the miserere and the stabat mater the majestic omnipotence of the te deum 
artists of genius have set themselves to translate the sacred texts vittoria josquin de pre palestrina orlando lasso handel bach haydn have written wonderful pages often indeed they have been uplifted by the mystic effluence the very emanation of the middle ages forever lost and yet their works have retained a certain pomp and in spite of all are pretentious as opposed to the humble magnificence the sober splendour of the gregorian chant with them the whole thing came to an end for composers no longer believed yet in modern times some religious pieces may be cited of lesieur wagner berlioz and cesar franck and in these again we are conscious of the artist underlying his work the artist determined to show his skill thinking to exalt his own glory and therefore leaving god out we feel ourselves in the presence of superior men but men with their weaknesses their inseparable vanity and even the vice of their senses in the liturgical chant created almost always anonymously in the depth of the cloisters was an extraterrestrial well without taint of sin or trace of art it was an uprising of souls already freed from the slavery of the flesh an explosion of elevated tenderness and pure joy it was also the idiom of the church a musical gospel appealing like the gospel itself at once to the most refined and the most humble ah the true proof of catholicism was that art which it had founded an art which has never been surpassed in painting and sculpture the early masters mystics in poetry and in prose in music plain chant in architecture the romanesque and gothic styles and all this held together and blazed in one sheaf on one and the same altar all was reconciled in one unique cluster of thoughts to revere adore and serve the dispenser showing to him reflected in the soul of his creature as in a faithful mirror the still immaculate treasure of his gifts then in those marvellous middle ages wherein art foster child of the church encroached on death and advanced to the threshold of eternity and to god the divine concept and the heavenly form were guessed and half perceived for the first and perhaps for the last time by man they answered and echoed each other art calling to art the virgins had faces almond-shaped elongated like those ogives which the gothic style contrived in order to distribute an ascetic light a virginal dawn in the mysterious shrine of its naves in the pictures of the early masters the complexion of holy women becomes transparent as paschal wax and their hair is pale as golden grains of frankincense their childlike bosoms scarcely swell their brows are rounded like the glass of the pyx their fingers taper their bodies shoot upwards like delicate columns their beauty becomes as it were liturgical they seem to live in the fire of stained glass borrowing from the flaming whirlwind of the rose windows the circles of their aureoles the ardent blue of their eyes the dying embers of their lips keeping for their garments the colours they disdain for their flesh stripping them of their light changing them when they transfer them to stuffs into opaque tones which aid still more by their contrast to declare the seraphic clearness of their look the grievous paleness of the mouth to which according to the proper of the season the scent of the lily of the canticles or the penitential fragrance of myrrh in the psalms lend their perfume then among artists was a coalition of brains a welding together of souls painters associated themselves in the same ideal of beauty with architects they united in an indestructible relation cathedrals and saints only reversing the usual process they framed the jewel according to the shrine and modelled the relics for the reliquary 
on their side the sequences chanted by the church had subtle affinities with the canvases of the early painters vittoria's responses for tenebre are of a like inspiration and an equal loftiness with those of quentin mazzi's great work the entombment of christ the regina coeli of the flemish musician lasso has the same good faith the same simple and strange attraction as certain statues of Reredos or religious pictures of the elder bruegel lastly the miserere of josquin de pre choir-master of louis douze has like the panels of the early masters of burgundy and flanders a patient intention a stiff thread-like simplicity but also it exhales like them a truly mystical savour and its awkwardness of outline is very touching the ideal of all these works is the same and attained by different means as for plain chant the agreement of its melody with architecture is also certain it also bends from time to time like the sombre romanesque arcades and rises shadowy and pensive like complete vaulting the de profundis for instance curves in on itself like those great groins which form the smoky skeleton of the bays it is like them slow and dark extends itself only in obscurity and moves only in the shadow of the crypts sometimes on the other hand the gregorian chant seems to borrow from gothic its flowery tendrils its scattered pinnacles its gauzy rolls its tremulous lace its trimmings light and thin as the voices of children then it passes from one extreme to another from the amplitude of sorrow to an infinite joy at other times again the plain music and the christian music to which it gave birth lend themselves like sculpture to the gaiety of the people associate themselves with simple gladness and the sculptured merriment of the ancient porches they take the popular rhythm of the crowd as in the christian carol adeste fideles and in the paschal hymn o filii et filii they become trivial and familiar like the gospels submitting themselves to the humble wishes of the poor lending them a holiday tune easy to catch a running melody which carries them into pure regions where these simple souls can cast themselves at the indulgent feet of christ born of the church and bred up by her in the choir schools of the middle ages plain chant is the aerial and mobile paraphrase of the immovable structure of the cathedrals it is the immaterial and fluid interpretation of the canvases of the early painters it is a winged translation but also the strict and unbending stole of those latin sequences which the monks built up or hewed out in the cloisters in the far-off olden time now it is changed and disconnected foolishly overwhelmed by the crash of organs and is chanted god knows how most choirs when they intone it like to imitate the rumbling and gurgling of water-pipes others the grating of rattles the creaking of pulleys the grinding of a crane but in spite of all its beauty remains unextinguished dulled though it be by the wild bellowing of the singers the sudden silence in the church roused durtal he rose and looked about him in his corner was no one save two poor women asleep their feet on the bars of chairs their heads on their knees leaning forward a little he saw hanging above him in a dark chapel the light of a lamp like a ruby in its red glass no sound save the military tread of the suisse making his round in the distance durtal sat down again the sweetness of his solitude was enhanced by the aromatic perfume of wax and the memories now faint of incense but it was suddenly broken as the first chords crashed on the organ durtal recognized the dies irae that despairing hymn of the middle ages instinctively he bowed his head and listened 
this was no more as in the de profundis and humble supplication a suffering which believes it has been heard and discerns a path of light to guide it in the darkness no longer the prayer which has hope enough not to tremble it was the cry of absolute desolation and of terror and indeed the wrath divine breathed tempestuously through these stanzas they seemed addressed less to the god of mercy to the son who listens to prayer than to the inflexible father to him whom the old testament shows us overcome with anger scarcely appeased by the smoke of the pyres the inconceivable attractions of burnt offerings in this chant it asserted itself still more savagely for it threatened to strike the waters and break in pieces the mountains and to rend asunder the depths of heaven by thunderbolts and the earth alarmed cried out in fear a crystalline voice a clear child's voice proclaimed in the nave the tidings of these cataclysms and after this the choir chanted new strophes wherein the implacable judge came with shattering blare of trumpet to purify by fire the rottenness of the world then in its turn a bass deep as a vault as though issuing from the crypt accentuated the horror of these prophecies made these threats more overwhelming and after a short strain by the choir an alto repeated them in yet more detail then so soon as the awful poem had exhausted the enumeration of chastisement and suffering in shrill tones the falsetto of a little boy the name of jesus went by and a light broke in on the thunder-cloud the panting universe cried for pardon recalling by all the voices of the choir the infinite mercies of the saviour and his pardon pleading with him for absolution as formerly he had spared the penitent thief and the magdalen but in the same despairing and headstrong melody the tempest raged again drowned with its waves the half-seen shores of heaven and the solos continued discouraged interrupted by the recurrent weeping of the choir giving with the diversity of voices a body to the special conditions of shame the particular states of fear the different ages of tears at last when still mixed and blended these voices had borne away on the great waters of the organ all the wreckage of human sorrows all the boys of prayers and tears they fell exhausted paralyzed by terror wailing and sighing like a child who hides its face stammering donaeis requiem they ended worn out in an amen so plaintive that it died away in a breath above the sobbing of the organ what man could have imagined such despair dreamed of such disasters and durtal made answer to himself no man in fact the attempt has been vain to discover the author both of the music and of the sequence they have been attributed to frangipani thomas of Celano, saint bernard and a crowd of others and they have remained anonymous simply formed by the sad alluvial deposits of the age the dies irae seemed to have at first fallen like a seed of desolation among the distracted souls of the eleventh century it germinated there and grew slowly nurtured by the sap of anguish watered by the rain of tears it was at last pruned when it seemed ripe and had perhaps thrown out too many branches for in one of the earliest known texts a stanza which has since disappeared called up the magnificent and barbarous image of an earth revolving as it belched forth flames while the constellations burst into shards and heaven shrivelled like a parched scroll all this concluded durtal does not prevent these triple stanzas woven of shadow and cold full of reverberating rhymes and hard echoes this music of rude stuff which wraps the phrases like a shroud and masks the rigid outlines of the work from being admirable 
yet that chant which constrains and renders with such energy the breadth of the sequence that melodic period which without variation remaining always the same succeeds in expressing by turns prayer and terror moves me less than the de profundis which yet has not its grandiose spaciousness nor that artistic cry of despair but chanted to the organ the psalm is earthy and suffocating it comes from out the very depths of the sepulchre while the dies irae has its source only on the sill of the tomb the first is the very voice of the dead the second that of the living who inter him and the dead man weeps but takes courage a little when those that bury him despair to sum up durtal concluded i prefer the text of the dies irae to that of the de profundis and the melody of the de profundis to that of the dies irae it is true also that this last sequence is modernized and chanted theatrically here without the imposing and needful march of unison this time for instance it is devoid of interest he continued ceasing his thoughts for a moment to listen to the piece of modern music which the choir was just then rendering ah who will take on himself to proscribe that pert mysticism those fonts of toilet water which gounod invented there ought indeed to be astonishing penalties for choir-masters who allow such musical effeminacy in church this is as it was this morning at the madeleine when i happened to be present at the interminable funeral of an old banker they played a military march with violin and violoncello accompaniments with trumpets and timbrels a heroic and worldly march to celebrate the departure and the decomposition of a financier it is too absurd and listening no more to the music in saint-sulpice durtal transferred himself in thought to the madeleine and went off at full speed in his dreams indeed he said to himself the clergy make jesus like a tourist when they invite him daily to come down into that church whose exterior is surmounted by no cross and whose interior is like the grand reception room at an hotel but how can you make those priests understand that ugliness is sacrilege and that nothing is equal to the frightful sin of this confusion of romanesque and greek these pictures of aged men that flat ceiling studded with skylights from which filter in all weathers the spoiled gleams of a rainy day to that futile altar surmounted by a circle of angels who in discreet abandonment dance in honour of our lady a motionless marble rigadoon yet in the madeleine at a funeral when the door opens and the corpse advances in a gap of daylight all is changed like a super-terrestrial antiseptic an extra-human disinfectant the liturgy purifies and cleanses the impious ugliness of the place and thinking over his memories of the morning durtal saw again as he closed his eyes at the end of the semicircular apse the procession of red and black robes white surplices joining in front of the altar descending the steps together making their way together to the catafalque dividing again on each side joining to mix afresh in the great gangway between the chairs this slow and silent procession led by incomparable suisses in mourning their swords horizontal and a general's epaulettes in jet advanced preceded by a cross in front of the corpse laid on trestles and far off in all that confusion of lights falling from the roof and lighted flambeaux around the catafalque and on the altar the white of the tapers disappeared and the priests who bore them seemed to march with empty hands uplifted as though to point out the stars which accompanied them twinkling above their heads then when the bier was surrounded by the clergy the de profundis burst forth from the depths of the sanctuary intoned by invisible singers that was good said durtal to himself at the madeleine the voices of the children are sharp and feeble and the basses are badly trained and failing 
we are evidently far from the choir of saint sulpice but all the same it was superb then what a moment was that of the priest's communion when suddenly arising from the murmuring of the choir the voice of the tenor threw above the corpse the magnificent plain chant antiphon requiem eternam donaeis domine et lux perpetua luceateis it seems that after all the lamentations of the de profundis and the dies irae the presence of god who comes then upon the altar brings consolation and sanctions the confident and solemn pride of that melodious phrase which then invokes christ without dread and without tears the mass ended the celebrant disappeared and as at the moment when the corpse entered the clergy preceded by the suisses advanced towards the body and in the blazing circle of the tapers a priest in his cope said the mighty prayers of the general absolution then the liturgy took a higher tone and became still more admirable mediative between the sinner and the judge the church by the mouth of her priest implores the lord to pardon the poor soul non interes in judicium cum servo tuo domini then after the amen given by the organ and all the choir a voice arose in the silence and spoke in the name of the dead liberame and the choir continued the old chant of the tenth century just as in the dies irae which appropriates to itself fragments of these plaints the last judgment flamed out and pitiless responses declare to the dead the reality of his alarms declare to him that at the end of time the judge will come with the crash of thunder to chastise the world the priest marched round the catafalque sprinkling it with beads of holy water incensed it gave shelter to the poor weeping soul consoled it took it to himself covered it as it were with his cope and again intervened to pray that after so much weariness and sorrow the lord will permit the unhappy one to sleep the sleep that knows no waking far from earth's noises never in any religion has a more charitable part a more august mission been assigned to man lifted by his consecration wholly above humanity almost deified by the sacerdotal office the priest while earth laments or is silent can advance to the brink of the abyss and intercede for the being whom the church has baptized as an infant who has no doubt forgotten her since that day and may even have persecuted her up to the hour of his death nor does the church shrink from the task before that fleshly dust heaped in a chest she thinks of that sewage of the soul and cries from the gates of hell deliver him o lord but at the end of the general absolution at the moment when the procession turning its back is on the way to the sacristy she too seems disquieted perhaps recalling in an instant the ill deeds done by that body while it was alive she seemed to doubt if her supplications were heard and the doubt her words would not frame passed into the intonation of the last amen murmured at the madeleine by children's voices timid and distant plaintive and sweet this amen said we have done what we could but but and in the funereal silence which followed the clergy leaving the nave there remained only the ignoble reality of the empty husk lifted in the arms of men thrust into a carriage like the refuse of the shambles carted off each morning to be made into soap at the factories if continued durtal in opposition to these sad prayers these eloquent absolutions we call up before us a marriage mass all is changed there the church is disarmed and her musical liturgy is as naught then she may well play mendelssohn's wedding march and borrow from profane authors the gaiety of their songs to celebrate the brief and empty joy of the body 
imagine and indeed it happens the canticle of the virgin used to magnify the glad impatience of a bride fancy the te deum to him the blessedness of a bridegroom far away from this infamous barter of the flesh plain chant remains shut up in the antiphonaries like a monk in the cloister and when it goes forth it is to cast up before christ his garnered pains and sorrows it gathers and sums them up in admirable supplications and if fatigued with pleading at a doors its impulse is to glorify eternal events palm sunday and easter pentecost and the ascension epiphany and christmas then its joy bursts forth so magnificently that it springs beyond the world to show its ecstatic joy at the feet of god as to the very ceremonies of the funeral they are now only the regular way of getting money an official routine a prayer wheel which is turned mechanically without thought of it the organist while he plays thinks of his family and considers how wearied he is the bellows blower thinks as he fills the pipes of the half pint which will dry his sweat the tenors and basses are careful of their effects and admire themselves in the more or less rippled water of their voices the choir boys dream of their scampers after mass and moreover not one of them at all understands a word of the latin they sing and abridge as for instance the dies irae of which they suppress a part of the stanzas in its turn beedledom calculates the sum the dead man brings in and even the priest wearied with the prayers of which he has read so many and needing his breakfast prays mechanically from the lips outward while the assistants are in a hurry that the mass to which they have not listened should come to an end that they may shake hands with the relations and leave the dead there is absolute inattention profound weariness yet how terrible is that thing on the trestles that is waiting there in the church that empty dwelling-place that body which is already breaking up liquid manure that stinks gases which evaporate flesh that rots is all that remains and the soul now that life is over and all begins no one thinks of it not even the family worn out by the length of the service absorbed in their own sorrow who in fact regret only the visible presence of the being they have lost no one except myself thought durtal and a few curious people who associate themselves in their alarm with the dies irae and the libera of which they understand both the language and the meaning then by the external sound of the words without the aid of contemplation without even the help of thought the church acts there it is the miracle of her liturgy the power of her word the constantly renewed prodigy of phrases created by revolving time of prayers arranged by ages which are dead all has passed nothing exists that was raised up in those bygone times yet those sequences remain intact cried aloud by indifferent voices and cast out from empty hearts plead groan and implore even with efficacy by their virtual power their talismanic might their inalienable beauty by the almighty confidence of their faith the middle ages have left us these to help us to save if it may be the soul of the modern and dead fine gentleman at the present time concluded durtal there is nothing left peculiar to paris but the ceremonies very like each other of taking the veil and of funerals it is unfortunate that when we have to do with a sumptuous corpse undertakers have their way they then bring out their terrible upholstery plated statues of our lady in atrocious taste 
zinc basins in which blaze bowls of green punch tin candelabra at the end of a branch like a cannon on end with its mouth upwards supporting spiders on their backs with burning candles set about their legs all the funeral ironmongery of the first empire with curtain rods in relief acanthus leaves winged hourglasses lozenges and greek frets it is unfortunate too that to touch up the miserable furniture of these ceremonies they play massanet and dubois benjamin godard and vidor or worse still the sacristy orchestra mystical bellowing such as the women sing who are affiliated to the confraternities of the month of may and alas we hear no longer the tempests of the great organs and the majestic dollars of plain chant save at the funerals of the moneyed classes for the poor nothing no choir no organ just a handful of prayers then a few dips of the brush in the holy water stoop and there is a dead man the more on whom the rain falls who is carried away but the church knows that the carrion of the rich rots as much as that of the poor while his soul stinks more but she jobs indulgences and haggles about masses she even she is consumed by the lust of gold yet i must not think too ill of these wealthy fools said durtal after silent thought for after all it is thanks to them that i can hear the admirable liturgy of the burial service these people who perhaps have done no good action in their life do at least this kindness to a few without knowing it after their death a noise recalled him to saint sulpice the choir was going the church was about to close i might as well have tried to pray he said to himself it would have been better than to dream in the empty church on a chair pray indeed i have no desire for it i am haunted by catholicism intoxicated by its atmosphere of incense and wax i prowl about it moved even to tears by its prayers touched even to the marrow by its psalms and chants i am thoroughly disgusted with my life very tired of myself but it is a far cry from that to leading a different existence and yet and yet if i am perturbed in these chapels i become unmoved and dry again as soon as i leave them after all he said to himself getting up and following the few persons who were moving towards a door driven out by the suisse after all my heart is hardened and smoke-dried by dissipation i am good for nothing end of part one chapter one